Welcome in to another edition of the Daily Tap podcast. It is Tuesday. We are talking headlines from Bears Week. We are also going to chat about the Playoff Machine Tuesday, where we net out with the playoff matchups. Do I have the Packers as the one seed, like the biased podcaster I am? Also, we will do Golden Kegs for Bucks Cavaliers. Talk also a little bit about the Cavs, the future of the NBA's Central Division. Uh, good show today. Rate, review, subscribe on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, and then us also on Twitter, uh, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Tapping the Keg on Twitter, Tapping the Keg Sports on everything else. Let's dive in to the Bears Week. So it is a rivalry week for the Green Bay Packers. They play the Chicago Bears. The Packers were successful against the Bears earlier this season. The Bears, at that point, they didn't know maybe could they be a playoff team. Maybe could they overcome Matt Nagy to be very successful. And since then, it has been a clusterfuck for Chicago. Matt Nagy is on the precipice of being fired, and I do think... If the Bears get embarrassed on Sunday night, he will be fired because they do have another primetime game the week after. And I would think that the Bears organization, even though they have never fired a head coach, would not stand for that. But do you do wonder if the Bears are going to play up, if the Bears are going to make this their Super Bowl, because this is all they got. They are not going to make the playoffs. It is very unlikely. I don't think they are eliminated, but it would take an act of God for Chicago to actually make the playoffs. So I think they know they're dead. The question is, are they going to get off the mat? I thought Chicago would play so much better against Arizona in the rain, in the cold. That's Bears weather. It is kind of Packer weather too, and you need to show up there, and they didn't. They acted like they did not want to be there. It's going to be cold again in Lambeau Field. So the question of, are they going to be playing this like their Super Bowl? I'm not sure. I think if they had a coach that they actually cared about, say they had Dan Campbell, right? Say they had Dan Campbell as their coach. If they had Dan Campbell as their coach, I would be more scared of the Super Bowl bear. They play it as their last game of the year, kitchen sink, everything goes, and that they really care about their coach and they want to build on something for next year. They want to put the feather in their hat that they beat the Green Bay Packers on the road, in Lambeau Field, in primetime. Like, they want that as sort of the way forward. But for a team that wants to fire their coach, I'm not really confident that Chicago is going to come in with any piss and vinegar. I think they are a kind of a dead dog at this point, and they're just willing to let somebody run them over, and I think that's what Green Bay is going to do. So let's talk through some of the other headlines as we get started this week and we bring back Packer football. One of the headlines for me is the bye week bummers. Matt LaFleur has struggled mightily when the Packers have came off bye. Now some could say that is just a schedule quirk because when they came off bye in 2019 or 2000, yeah, 2019, They play the San Francisco 49ers on the road. The Packers got their asses kicked. They only score eight points. They lose 37 to eight, and they look all out of sorts. Now, if you remember, that Packer team, we talked about a little bit on yesterday's show, they're a little smoke and mirrors. They probably weren't 13 and three. They were more like a 11 and five, 10 and six football team. And they've sort of rose above the fact that they they were at that level. 
Then you had the year following 2020. The Packers had an early bye. They went to play Tampa Bay and they got absolutely shit house in that one as well, 38 to 10. So on games after buys, the Packers have scored a combined 18 points in two games. Most times we hear about coaches who are good off buys and Matt LaFleur has not been good. Now, I do think that those are two of the hardest games on the the individual year schedule. Like that 49ers team was a juggernaut. They made the Super Bowl. You know, they it wasn't like that 49ers team was just a bunch of slouches. And same goes for the Buccaneers. Again, they won the Super Bowl. The Chicago Bears are not going to be in the Super Bowl. Chicago Bears are not a playoff team. I think the bye week discussion would be a lot larger if they were playing a better team. But if Green Bay does come out sort of lackadaisical, comes out sort of not crisp, I do have some questions about what are they doing to prepare on bye week? Do they just kind of take too much time off? And I was critical of LaFleur back last year. I mean, you don't need to dig that up because that's not a fun podcast to listen to. But when that, that did happen, I was like, you have to figure out how do you make bye week better? Because... Aaron Rodgers did have some comments that made me think it was a little too lax. One of the things Rodgers had said to Pat McAfee heading into that week, I distinctly remember this, is he was like, oh yeah, it's great. Like We sort of ease our way in. It's not too difficult. You know, Mike... Speaking of Mike McCarthy, used to have us in pads, used to have us be hitting and and just getting ourselves back to sort of how we're supposed to feel. And Matt didn't do any of that. And like we said, the Packers struggled in both of those games. So I'm not advocating that they need to have full padded practice, but I do wonder if Matt LaFleur is going to cha- had changed some things and sort of made sure his team was prepared for this game even if it is a Bears team that could be dead, that could be a dead man walking. We have no idea. We probably won't know until about the second quarter if the Bears actually have a pulse. Other headlines, you have potentially Zadarius Smith, David Bakhtiari, Jair Alexander all could be back this week. I mean, as I said on an Instagram story, pray for Chicago. Because if all three of those guys are back, I mean, that is almost unfair to Chicago. They That would be a massive lift for Green Bay. That would be a huge step forward to have Zadarius Smith as another pass rusher. And the Packers pass rush has been great this season without him. Um, little Ewing theory there. I don't think it will affect the team chemistry, I just do wonder about snaps. I think it'll be fine. They'll figure it out. Then you can kind of rest Sean Gary a little bit with that hyperextended elbow. Who knows where Gary is with that, if he has to still wear a brace or not. And you can kind of rotate the combination of Zadarius Smith, Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, and just get them acclimated. I would imagine Preston or Zadarius wouldn't have as many snaps as maybe a guy like Jair or David Bakhtiari would if they do play. Bakhtiari would be a massive lift given the offensive line struggles. The Bears defense has not been the same Bears defense that we've seen in the past. They still have talent. Akeem Hicks, Rokon Smith. Like they, It's not like they're lacking the talent. They are missing Khalil Mack, who's out for the year. But to get a guy like Bakhtiari back to kind of reshape the offensive line would be massive considering Elton Jenkins is out. I don't know exactly what they would do. I mean, I think Josh Neiman's a guy. Like, I'm not saying David Bakhtiari should move to right tackle, but would they move Neiman to right 
tackle and put Billy Turner in? Would they push Billy Turner into right guard? I know Billy Turner likes to play tackle more than he likes to play guard, but would you look at that as a potential opportunity, Patrick, then to center and John Runyon to left guard? Is that Would that be the combination? I'm not sure. I think Neiman deserves it. I think he's a, he's outplayed Royce Newman. I know I'm a, probably Royce Newman's least favorite fan, but I, I really do think Neiman deserves to be out there versus Newman if we had to if we had to just look at straight up individual performances. So it would be great to get Bakhtiari back. Uh, would really help kind of reshape the line. I think that sort of that bye week stuff that we just talked about would really help jolt this team to have Jair, Bakhtiari, and Z back. I think even if you got two out of three or even one, I think that helps bring the energy up because those guys are going to play like it's opening night. Like they're going to play like it's their first game of the year because they've been gone for so long. Jair, again, massive lift. I, I think you would have Jair and Rasul Douglas out there, and then you would rotate in Kevin King and Eric Stokes as you see fit. Uh, Rasul Douglas got a ton of praise from Matt LaFleur uh, it, and on uh, his press conference yesterday. LaFleur was saying how Rasul Douglas just makes everybody better. He's super physical. It seems like Rasul is kind of a throwback to like the Sam Shields, Al Harris days of having the, that real physical outside cornerback. And it's crazy that it's taken this long to get a guy like that. But Rasul Douglas kind of has that makeup. And I'm starting to wonder if Rasul Douglas should come back next year. Now, he'll probably get actually a pretty nice deal if things continue in his direction. So I don't know. Maybe the Packers can't afford him just given all their cap constraints. But yeah, Rasul's Rasul's going to get fucking paid. And I think for the Packers, they have to definitely look at a guy like him as they go forward, whether it's in the draft or you know somewhere else. Because I think the physical corner needs to be a part of the Green Bay Packer defense defense moving forward to wrap up with the injury report Jair would be great Bakhtiari would be great Zedarius would be back I I think if I had to rank it I'd probably go Bakhtiari Z Jair in that order I just think with the passing attack of the Bears it's not that strong I think they can survive without Jair but it would always be great to have him back. Like no one's going to complain if Jair Alexander decides to play this week, right? And Bakhtiari would just establish the line and Z with the pass rush. I think that would be great. Speaking of the quarterback who will be rushing as as Z would do, they don't know who the quarterback's going to be. They don't know if it's going to be Justin Fields. They don't know if it's going to be Andy Dalton. Uh, uh, Packers Wire had a very generic uh, blog post where they're like, it could be Andy Dalton or it could be Justin Fields. It's like no fucking shit. Who else would it be? Would it be Caleb Haney? Is Caleb Haney making a comeback? Uh, but I think either or, it doesn't really matter. I think Fields in the cold, I'd be interested to see how he performs. Uh, he did all right, I think, at Ohio State. Uh, but that is a different environment. Lambeau Field, night. The crowds have been amazing. At Lambeau, I would assume they'd be rocking. I would also think it's going to be probably 80-20 Packers Bears fans. I don't know how many Bears fans will go up there. My friend Mike is going up there who's a Bears fan, but he's a psycho. So it's nothing It's nothing new for him uh, to watch the Bears get their ass kicked. But I, I don't think a lot of other Bears fans will make that journey up to Lambeau Field. So it'll be a rocking pro packer crowd and i think that'll be a lot for fields i think if it's andy dalton andy dalton looked awful 
against Arizona. And Arizona has a defense, I think, similar to the Packers. Might be a touch better than Green Bay. But still, I I think Andy will be in a world of trouble. And the Packers, who have been great at taking the ball away, I think you'd get a lot of opportunities with Andy Dalton. I would probably prefer Andy Dalton, but I don't know how much it matters if it's Dalton or if it's Justin Fields. Jordan Love is COVID. Uh, That is a little bit of an issue. Um, obviously it would, it's more an issue if Aaron Rodgers were to get hurt in the game because that would mean Kurt Benghurt would play. Uh, Love is vaccinated. He's talked about being vaccinated. Uh, if that's the case, he, there is a possibility that he can rejoin the team in five days. Um, he did actually have COVID because he's on the list. It's not like he's a close contact. Um, not great, um, but I, I don't know how big of an issue it is. If you're worried about Aaron Rodgers and potentially testing positive again, he can't um, because he doesn't have to get tested for 90 days because he has COVID, he had COVID. Same with Bang Hurt. Uh, apologies to Mike Florio, who I know has had that fever dream of Rodgers missing another game because of COVID. I apologize to Mike. I'm sorry that we can't bring that to fruition. Uh, lastly, before we head to the playoff machine, Rodgers and LaFleur kind of took a step back from an individual award standpoint. Rodgers, who I kind of got some MVP buzz late last week. People were like, why not Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers has played great, even with all the drama, all the stress of the offseason. Aaron Rodgers has rose above it. He's taken this injury-laden team to a 9-3 record, best rec- one of the best records in football. And then Tom Brady lit it up against Atlanta. I think they're going to give it to Tom Brady. I don't think Rodgers will end up being the MVP. Uh, but you never know. Uh, you never you never know. Who knows what could happen if Brady uh, falls on his ass against uh, the Buffalo Bills or the New Orleans Saints, which are both primetime games. Maybe that will open the door for Aaron Rodgers. Matt LaFleur, Coach of the Year. I think it's a wrap for Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick has done an incredible job. The game yesterday was just an absolute masterpiece. That's The dude is fucking Picasso. Uh, what he did out there was awesome. Uh, Belichick's the man. He's been the man for a long, long time. You, It's hard to bet against uh, Bill Belichick, just like it's hard to bet against Bill, Sa- or Bill Saban. Nick Saban. And... Belichick showed showed why he's one of the best, and he's coach of the year. And I, I don't think it's close. And I think, other than the Patriots completely collapsing here in the final month of the season, he's going to win the award. He deserves it, even if the Patriots maybe take a little bit of a step back. I don't think they will, but if they take a slight step back, it's still going to be New England. They deserve it. Uh, they've played so well and so much above expectation that the Patriots are back and it's very Packer-esque in a weird way. I realize that the Patriots have had more success than the Green Bay Packers as a franchise, but Green Bay, you know, had the two down years and then all of a sudden it's like, we're back and that's kind of how it is for the Patriots. It was one year for New England, but it's you know, it's how everything has. It's that taxes the Patriots winning the AFC East. That taxes the Packers winning the NFC North. Like they let somebody have it for a couple of years and then they took it back. And if the Rodgers were to leave this year, it would probably be one or two years and then the Packers would be back. It's how it goes, man. We it's it's how good franchises stay good for years and decades, not just years, decades on end. But yeah, Val LaFleur, coach of the year, probably not happening, which is unfortunate because he's done a hell of a job. I uh, just think Belichick is going to get more of the praise, which yeah, and look, he deserves it. I'm not, 
I'm not trying to discredit anything Bill Belichick did. But yeah, it's a bummer. And uh, I, I like individual awards. I know team awards are better, Super Bowls are better, but it's always nice to have your guys get recognized for great seasons. Moving on to the playoff machine, uh, which we can do a better job of tracking this. I realized that I didn't track last week what I had, which I should probably do as we get closer and closer to the season. Uh, this is basically me running through the playoff machine until I can't. I think we'll probably do this... I don't know, probably until like the the second to last week of the NFL season. I was trying to figure out how to say that. And the second second to last week of the NFL season, we'll probably do this till. Because at some point, it's going to be like, all right, we kind of have it figured out. It only comes down to a couple teams, division winners here and there. But we'll do this for a few more weeks, sort of see where we net out and how the, how the playoffs all shape out. So here's what I have for an NFC matchup. We have the Green Bay Packers... As the number one seed, yes, maybe I'm a homer, but I look at Green Bay's schedule and it's hard for me to see Green Bay lose another game. Green Bay having Chicago this week, we know how we feel about the Bears. I think the Ravens and Browns are totally different games than once thought of. I think if you did the playoff machine at the start of the year, one of those games would maybe be a loss. Um, But it's hard for me to view either as a loss right now given how bad the Ravens and Browns have looked in the last few weeks. Now, maybe the Browns figure it out after the bye week, and all of a sudden it's this red-hot Browns team coming to town. You could also argue the Vikings are going to throw the kitchen sink in a potential playoff push as the Vikings, as I did this, are right there from a playoff perspective. They didn't make it, um, which hate to see it, but they they might come at the Packers' neck uh, in that second-to-last game of the season, although I do think the Vikings being a dome team playing in the freezing cold of early January is going to be something else. And who knows? Maybe Mike Zimmer is one foot out the door, which is the same kind of conversation we had about Matt Nagy earlier on the program. So that's why I have the Packers as the number one seed. Uh, Lambeau being the host, me not having to worry about the Packers in Hawaii, that will be the dream. So yeah, there's some selfish reasons. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I don't want to have to sweat out a Packer playoff game on Saturday as I'm flying home from Hawaii. Uh, that to me is like worst nightmare type shit. But if it does happen, it's my honeymoon. I'm very, I'm very happy to go to, to Hawaii. I'm very blessed uh, to have my wife. So it's not like it's it's not it. That's champagne problems right there. I need like the Roy's uh, private jet. That's really what I need uh, for for this situation if the Packers do play. But anyways, how I have it breaking out, broken out is the two seed. I do have the Arizona Cardinals. I have the Cardinals dropping one more game. They would play the Washington football team. I do have Washington staying in there. Uh, it kind of bounced around between Washington, Philadelphia, San Francisco, or not San Francisco, um, Minnesota. So those three teams kind of bounced around. Uh, in terms of that last spot, but I landed on Washington. They finished nine and eight. They will take on Arizona. That game feels like the ESPN Saturday uh, Saturday game. Uh, early early start for that one. Uh, then for the three six matchup, you have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the Los Angeles Rams. A rematch of earlier in the week, earlier in the year. Uh, can the Rams? Get the Buccaneers again. Uh, Tampa's played so well at home. Brady did struggle against that defense. Would that be an issue for Tampa, who has been a juggernaut at home? I have not seen 
one sort of moment of, of weakness for Tampa Bay. I do have them losing one game. I do recognize that it is sort of unrealistic. But man, that Jets game kind of stands out to me. I'll just put it in a, in a feeler now. Tampa doesn't play well on the road. Warm weather team going to a cold weather game. The game means nothing for the Jets. The Jets are the inverse of what we talked about with Nagy and Zimmer wanting to build on something. There is that feeling of wanting to beat Tom Brady. The fans will feel it. Everything else. And who knows? Maybe that's that's the game where they trip up. I do have the Buccaneers losing one more game. And that's why they are the three seed. Then at 10 and 7, I have the Dallas Cowboys at the four seed playing the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers and Rams switch at the end of the year. I think that will be our NBC late game Shanahan McVay. Shanahan just continues to own McVay. I can't trust the LA Rams against that team. And that's why I have San Francisco in the five spot uh, playing Dallas. So if you look at it for the Packers going forward and how that would playoff matchup would work out, the Packers would either face. San Francisco, Dallas, Los Angeles, or Washington um, in the second round. They would not play Tampa Bay or Arizona. Uh, Those two teams would likely meet in the second round uh, if that were the case. Um, So the Packers would pretty much be looking good. Like it would be Brady in the in the final the final week and the championship game if they were to see Tom Brady again at Lambeau Field. Um, The potential Mike McCarthy matchup. The potential San Francisco rematch. Uh, San Francisco has knocked the Packers out of the playoffs, I think, three times in the last decade. There's a real rivalry there. Um, the Rams, the Packers knocked out last year. The Packers have kind of had their number. You know, it's hard to, I think, beat a team three times. You hear that all the time. Uh, this would be the third time in a year, probably, for the Packers and Rams. And then the football team, the Packers beat them earlier this year, but I think this is a different football team if the Packers were to face Washington in the second round. The AFC, as I know you're maybe curious uh, how I have it out, I do have Kansas City as the one seed, which is hilarious. If Kansas City ends up being the one seed after all the fucking hand-wringing about what's wrong with the Chiefs, it just shows you how it's a long season, Um, and that type of shit happens. But I have the Chiefs as the number one seed. I have the Patriots taking on the Chargers as the 2-7 matchup. The 3-6 is a divisional matchup as well as the 4-5. You have the Ravens versus Cincinnati. Yes, the Cincinnati Bengals get into the playoffs. And then I have the Colts taking on the Titans uh, as the other one. So a couple divisional matchups. I have the Buffalo Bills out. Uh, I have Miami out. I think Oakland doesn't make or Vegas doesn't make it. But yeah, the bill, that's probably the big headline. The Bills not making the playoffs. And if the Bills don't make the playoffs, I don't know. There's a lot of questions about Sean McVay, Josh Allen, the whole thing. But or Sean McVay, Sean McDermott, different Sean. Uh, they, there will be a lot of questions about the Bills going forward and where that team. The directionally, I don't think you overreact and fire McDermott, but maybe you fire Brian Day. Maybe you fire a defensive coordinator. You have to make some sort of change uh, if the Bills were to miss the playoffs. I wonder about that Bills-Buccaneers game. I tweeted out yesterday that I felt like putting the house on Tampa Bay just considering how 
sour the Bills were after this game and how the Bills, the attitude of the Bills after this Patriots game was like, you know, woe is me making a ton of excuses. It felt like a team that knew they had to win this game and they just didn't. And they got outplayed by the Patriots and the Patriots sort of broke their brain. And so that kind of made me wonder, would they still be thinking about this game as they have the Buccaneers six days later? in Tampa Bay, a place where Tampa has just fucking owned. I realize this is a must win for the Bills, but I could argue that it is a must win for Tampa if Tampa wants to get the one seed in the NFC. All right, let's wrap up today's show with Bucks, Cavs, Golden Kegs. Before we get started, I just want to mention a little bit about the NBA, the NBA Central Division. Central Division is going to be good for the Bucs. The Bucs have like a 39-game win streak against the Central Division. It's absolutely crazy. The Central Division was the doldrums of the NBA, really. Uh, was one of the worst divisions, uh, top to bo- not top to bottom. It was the Bucs and everybody else. It was like the Bucs were prime rib and everything else was dog food. That was basically how the NBA Central was. Now it's getting a lot better. Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers... Might be one of those teams that is a future rival for the Milwaukee Bucks. A team that could potentially be a top four, top six in the Eastern Conference. I love what they're building. They're super scrappy. Um, They've been an ATS darling if you're an NBA better. Uh, I think there's something. This is only like the fourth game this year that the Cavs have lost against the spread. And they barely lost. Uh, The Bucks covered late. Uh, It was six and a half. But the haymakers that... Cleveland gave Milwaukee in the third period where it was like everything was back and forth and the Cavs kept making shots and the Bucks make them right back and they sort of basically took the air out of Cleveland trying to come back after the Bucks had jumped out to a pretty good lead at halftime. Uh, they, well, they were up six, uh, but the Cavs just kept fighting, man. And I'm really impressed with this team. I think they're probably a playing team, maybe a little bit less than, maybe a little less, a little more. But I, I do think Cleveland can get into the playoffs. They are very impressive. Not a great day from Evan Mobley. I think the Giannis Bobby Portis combination was not great for Mobley. Uh, Jared Allen had a really good game. Jared Allen, I'm I've been a huge fan of his. I know I've said like Giannis owns him, which is kind of true. Uh, Jared Giannis did not necessarily have the best game. We'll talk a little bit about that in Golden Gags, but. You know, Jared Allen has definitely leveled up his game. Jared Allen is much better than I think he was when he was with Brooklyn. I can't believe still that Brooklyn gave up Jared Allen uh, to get James Harden. I think if they have Jared Allen last year, they might win the whole thing. I honestly truly believe that. And I think if they would have had Jared Allen and Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, I actually think that might have been better than James Harden. It's a little bit of a spicy take. But just saying, I I think Jared Allen and a couple other pieces I think could have been really nice for Brooklyn. But that's their loss. That's what happens sometimes when teams are like desperate to build these super teams. They ignore some guy who is a borderline all-star and is is a developing player. I mean, Jared Allen was a first-round pick for a reason. He's a really good player. And I just think this Cavs team has a lot of potential. And they'll continue to build. They'll continue to get stronger and build around sort of that core. They have a Kevin Love trade. Kevin Love had five threes in this game. As my guy Shafty pointed out, uh, Kevin Love was auditioning. I think that's very, very true. Uh, Definitely wanted to give the Bucs a look. I don't really have that much interest in Kevin Love. 
all he really is is Sam Perkins at this point. If you remember Sam Perkins back in the day, uh, Sam Perkins used to just hang out in the corner and shoot threes for Indiana, really before it was fashionable to shoot threes, but he was a bigger dude. Uh, that's kind of what Kevin Love is at this point. Uh, he's basically a white Sam Perkins. Um, I don't have a ton of interest in Kevin Love uh, coming off the bench. I just don't think he rebounds like he used to, is physical like he used to. Great passer would work, but I think with Boogie now, I don't, I don't really see the Kevin Love uh, situation there. As for the the kegs, the three kegs, uh, if you are unfamiliar with the golden kegs uh, segment that we're now doing uh, with the Bucks, with Marquette, uh, we'll probably bring it with the Brewers if they have a fucking season. Uh, basically, it's a way for us to recap the games, talk about the individual players. Uh, the Golden Keg is was the trophy for the club football teams between Marquette and UWM. It's very Milwaukee. Um, I think like I need my own Golden Keg just to have like in the background. Whenever I have an office, when I have a house, I have an office now. But whenever I have a house, I have a basement. And I kind of build a pseudo podcast studio, a pseudo environment where I can do the reviews and everything like that. Like I will have a golden keg of sorts uh, in there if we keep this up. Uh, three kegs though for the Bucks Cavaliers. I have to give it to Drew Holiday. Real full slatchy. Drew Holiday has been very good uh, the last few weeks. Uh, definitely coming on strong. It seems like he's sort of over the malaise of winning a championship, winning a gold medal, and playing just a fucking ton of basketball. Probably the most basketball that Holiday has played in his life. Maybe in his, definitely in his professional career. Maybe AAU, maybe college. He played a bunch, but. That was a very taxing season for Holiday. It seems like he's finally back to full strength. He had a really good game against Toronto too. Uh, so full full strength through Holiday. You love to see it. Uh, he was 9 of 15 from the field. A really good game from Holiday as he continues to be a force and kind of elevate the box. I think Drew Holiday's struggles kind of hurt Milwaukee. It was part of the reason why I think Milwaukee had seen sort of this slow start was Holiday, Middleton's COVID issues, Giannis was banged up at times. I think a combination of all three was not good. The Bucks continue to be undefeated when Holiday, Middleton, and Giannis all play. Uh, two kegs going to Giannis, the birthday boy, uh, 27 and 12. It wasn't a great Giannis game. Like it wasn't one of those Giannis games where you're like, oh, this is a virtuoso performance. Like you feel bad that you didn't watch it if you missed it. Uh, it was more about that fourth quarter. Giannis closes out Cleveland with continued play. Uh, he just took Jared Allen to school. Every basket was his. It was a pure takeover. Giannis didn't defer to anybody. It was not Middleton's time. It was Giannis's time. He had a great stretch there. And that to me is a huge thing going forward to see Giannis's ability to close out a team. Similarly, what we've seen from Middleton, what we've seen from Holiday, Giannis took the ball and said, this motherfucker's mine and dominated down the stretch against Jared Allen with about seven straight points. Uh, that to me was one of the big headlines from this game. Great closeout from Giannis uh, in the fourth quarter. One keg will go to Bobby Portis. Bobby didn't shoot that well. He only had 10 points. I think he was 4-12 from the field. But he had 16 rebounds. Second straight game with 16 rebounds. Another double-double for Bobby Portis. I'm telling you, there needs to be some real conversation about Bobby Portis as an all-star. Bobby Portis is having such a good year. I think he is a real special talent. I realize that there are some defense, defensive deficiencies. And yeah, that was probably part of the reason why Jared Allen had such a good game. Still... 
I'm I'm encouraged by Bobby's season. I just think he's leveled up, man. I think it's another level for Bobby Portis. And he's continues to be a fan favorite and continues to bring that energy. We didn't really talk a lot about that Saturday game. I think we did, did we? I, I can't remember. <laughs> Truth be told. But if we didn't, uh his sort of emotion, the flex on Tyler Harrow was great. Uh, those two teams meet on Wednesday. We'll see. There was a lot of dirty shit in that Bucks Bucks Heat game. Trust me, I will not be surprised if Giannis plays and the Bucks beat him by fifty. I seriously won't. Jimmy Butler again uh, hurt himself. His tailbone issue continues to be a thing. Uh, they lost to the Grizzlies last night. It doesn't sound like Butler will play on on. Wednesday, so the Heat will be in a similar spot as they were uh, Saturday night. So the Bucks hopefully can take the hammer to him, and hopefully Giannis doesn't have to play a ton. I would almost wonder: Do you sit Giannis just because you you won't have any of the other guys for Miami? Give Giannis some time off, as the Bucks do have a big week. Uh, they have Houston on. Friday, and then they have New York on Sunday. So as we mentioned a little bit about the schedule preview, uh, they have a they have a big week. But yeah, this was a good win for the Bucs. Uh, they continue to keep it rolling. Uh, right now, I believe, what's their record here? Bucks right now are 16-9. and nine. They are one game out of the top spot in the Eastern Conference. They trail the Chicago Bulls and the Brooklyn Nets. I, as Mitch and I, Mitch and I probably will talk about this tonight. I cannot wait to play the Bulls. There is so much hype around the Bulls. The fact that some people think the Bulls can win an NBA championship is absolutely mind-blowing to me. Uh, they need a humble dose of pie. Uh, the Bucks are willing to give that. I think when the cream rises to the top and the finish is out, I think you'll see some some combination of Bulls, Bucks, Nets, Sixers. Sixers right now are 13 and 11. I think the Sixers will sort of get their shit together. I do think they have a Ben Simmons trade in them. And when they do have that Ben Simmons trade, I think then we have to really have a significant conversation about the Philadelphia 76ers. All right, that does it for our show. Like I mentioned, Mitch and I back tonight. Uh, We'll have a good show for you. We'll probably talk Packers. We'll talk Bucks. Who knows what else? Uh, we'll we'll have we'll have a good one for you. I promise, as always. Um, and then back with the daily tap on Thursday. I won't duck you guys as I did. I think last week, six a.m. works schedule is really tough. I'll be honest. And then we'll be back Friday. We'll talk a little bit about the Packer Bears line. We'll talk about if there's any reason to bet Marquette against UCLA or Wisconsin against Ohio State. I don't think we'll have lines out, so we'll kind of just use Ken Palm and uh, T-Rank to kind of talk through both those games a little bit. Um, that's kind of, I think, how we'll do college basketball and kind of keep the betting conversation alive. Um, and maybe we'll talk about the Packers Super Bowl. Who knows? Whatever. We'll figure it out. I don't need to plan out shows as I'm doing this podcast. Really. Shut the fuck up. Get, get, get over it. Okay. Subscribe, rate, review, do all those things on the podcast networks, uh, Spotify, Apple. Uh, follow us on social media if you don't already. Uh, we would love to have you. All right, take care, Tappers. Have a great Tuesday. We'll be back tomorrow. See you. Bye.